a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the restricted section. But before we get started, boy, do I have a fun announcement for you. Hey, we are bringing a new podcast onto Deus Ex Media Podcast Network. That's right. My friend Josh over at Super Scary Podcast is now part of Deus Ex Media. Super Scary is a podcast about scary movies and superhero movies and some fun stuff in between, hosted by my beloved friend Josh, who is very interested in the subject matter despite being a bit of a weenie. Josh is a good friend of mine. Last summer, I worked at a local brewery, one of my favorite jobs I ever had. It was very low volume. And Josh was the events coordinator there. So he was not my boss, but he wasn't not my boss. Just a couple years younger than me. Both of us extremely confused. We made a great pair. And then when that brewery mysteriously closed one day. All right, it wasn't that mysterious, but they did close suddenly. Josh and I were like, can we still be friends? So, of course, here we are. I collect friends like some people collect rocks. I don't know, man. Uh, Josh, welcome to the Podcast Network. We're so excited to have you in the Deus Ex Media family. If you're unfamiliar with Super Scary, here's a little bit about it right now. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here. Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci-fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not so favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. Wonderful! If you're looking for a place to start, I've been on two episodes so far. The first one was They Slash Them. Can't recommend that one. The second one came out just a couple weeks ago, though. Uh, Josh and I together covered Ghost Rider, which uh, is a Nicolas Cage film. So you know that one was a good time. A lot of the other restricted section regulars have been on the show, like Leela went on to talk about, oh no, Wish Upon. Um, Mary Clay has been on to talk about The Haunting of Hill House. That was a really wonderful episode that came out, I think, last week. So definitely... Give it a try. If you don't like scary movies, there's plenty of other stuff for you to listen to on Super Scary. Welcome to the Restricted Section, the Harry Potter podcast where I'm so fucking sick of Order of the Phoenix, and I'll remind you that I record these introductions ahead of time. It is August. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. 
Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 32, Out of the Fire. Harry has just seen a vision of Voldemort torturing Sirius in the Department of Mysteries, and it's probably totally real. Harry is, let's just say, screaming a lot about it. The kids come up with a plan to lure Umbridge out of her office so Harry can use her fireplace to see if Sirius is home at Grimald Place, because if he's not home, then he's probably being tortured by Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries. But it looks like Sirius is not home at Grimald Place, meaning that he is being tortured by Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries. And Umbridge catches the kids in the act of breaking into her office to check to see if Sirius is not home at Grimald Place. So desperate and cornered and like totally out of options, Hermione starts sobbing about how they have finished building Dumbledore's great weapon in the performance of a lifetime. Welcome to the restricted section where the greatest weapon of all is friendship. Yeah. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is the Vera to my serum, Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hi, everyone. And our special guest today is the, you already used all my Veritaserum, Veritaserum to the, my, wait, I'm lost in this. I'm lost. I was going to throw my pull out. in there. We can pull out. We can back up. We can back up. It's fine. <laughs> and our special guest today is the Vera to my serum, Jason. Say hello to the listeners, Jason. Hi. Hi, it's me again. It's me. How have you been since, I don't know, probably six months ago, I guess. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, I've been doing okay. It's funny because Andrew and I see you like twice a week anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I've, I've been doing okay recently. I don't want to like go into, what do I have it's coming fine. up? Yeah, I don't really have anything coming up. <laughs> Guys, I said six months ago or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we last recorded together exactly six months ago to the day. Wait, what do you mean? To the to the fifth, it we were we last recorded. This is coming out on April fifth. We last recorded together on October fifth. Six months uh, to the day. If you fudge the math, that comes from us releasing a week after we record. I was really right. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Awesome. Well, we're here to talk about Harry Potter. Uh, but before <laughs> we do, I have a listener email. This is from our friend Frasier, and I forgot to check pronouns. The Frasier? Yeah, the Frasier. Oh my god, I thought he was a fictional character. All salad and <laughs> scrambled eggs. Do any of our listeners know that reference? Rob. They're young. I, I, I think it's getting rebooted soon, so I think we're I, I think we're safe. They might yeah. see it on Paramount Plus. I don't know. More topical than we thought. <laughs> Frasier's emailed us before. We read one of their emails. About some other shit some other time. Um, but here's what Frazier says today. Hey, uh, really quick answer while I'm listening. Moleskin is like a super soft denim material. Weird, fuzzy shit. I don't know if y'all remember uh, maybe last episode or the episode before Hagrid is wearing a moleskin overcoat. Is that right? And we were like, the fuck is a moleskin? Like the thing that notebooks are covered in? See, that's the thing is those are covered in like leather. Oh, not so actual like moles. <laughs> is it actual moles? With Hagrid, I would believe that. Yeah. Well, but Frazier says that it's a super soft denim material. Hmm. Okay. 
and to me that th doesn't mean comes from molds. But maybe maybe it does. Pretty sure we demand more information. <laughs> it's a cotton fabric. Oh, okay. I guess I guess we can do our own research. More fun to make the listeners do it. Well, that's all I'm telling you then. <laughs> okay, Fraser goes on. Well, and just for, for anyone who didn't listen or doesn't remember, <coughs> Jason and Andrew. Um, hey, you know, Fred. <laughs> just Layla was on an episode a few weeks back. I listened to that one. <laughs> was it the punt one? Was it the punting one? Uh, okay, oh, so anyway. dang it! I don't remember that. <laughs> Show your work, Jason. Show no. your work. I'm trying my best. When Fred and George leave Hogwarts, they leave uh, a pond in the in the fifth floor corridor. The fifth floor. Oh my God! In the fifth, fifth floor, floor corridor. <laughs> I almost said chloroform. <laughs> in the fifth floor chloroform. The cliff chlor chlorfedorf. <laughs> yes, there. Ten points and to chlorfedorf. And Filch. I had to enunciate that so hard because it was too close to our joke sounds. Um, it is tasked with punting kids across the lake pond. And we were like punting. That really only means one thing here. But then we got to Googling it and we found that it means like a lot of things. It means like to divert something or it means like a little boat or like to get someone somewhere via the little boat. It meant like several things. Okay, so Frazier says, Regarding punts, they are really popular little fishing boats with excellent naming potential. Mine is called yeah. Silly Punt, and a mate has one called Punt of a Thing. Just thought you'd appreciate the Australian use of that word. Cheers, Frazier. That's pretty good. Uh, cheers, Frazier. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and... Frazier also included in a follow-up. Something that we've always known, but we continue to make it a problem. And by we... I mean me. Frazier says, is it a rhotic R thing with the word horror? I kind of just say it as Aura with uh, uh, with an or on the end. I don't understand this. To, to, uh, oh. Oh, no. Nope, I don't understand. That's too Australian for me. Oh, and then they go on to say that doesn't really come across in written text well. So <laughs> we've always known that if you're British or Australian, Horror sounds better, but Ura. here in America, where we say our R is so hard, unfortunately Ura. hard. <laughs> unfortunately hard. Yeah, that's how, that is what Daniel Radcliffe did to do a convincing American accent they in all do. Um, the weird movie. Yep. Really leaning into those R's, but, uh, but American English speakers do lean into their R's. So it, we... Kind of can't, like, it would be so forced for us to say aura. It would be the same as whenever someone talks about croissants, and I'm like, it's pronounced croissant. <laughs> and it's like, obviously, I'm not, obviously, like, I'm the one being ridiculous in that situation. <laughs> I think, I don't think either of you guys watched 30 Rock, but there's, like, a funny uh, running joke where one of the act uh, actors on that show has been on a movie called The Rural, oh, my God, The Rural... The rural Juror. Juror. The Roger. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's it's just a running joke because no one could say it right. I, I haven't seen that, but I feel like someone's explained that joke to me before, possibly even you. It was possibly Leela as well. <laughs> so I think what we need to do is every time we come across the word horror, we need to go into a pretty heavy Australian accent. Can do. 
So, Harry, you say you want to become an aura. <laughs> you don't want to become an aura. It's, that's not a wand. This is a wand. <laughs> In the end, Harry Potter became an aura as his career. And remember, kids, all auras are bastards. I would appreciate an Australian version of Harry Potter because then you'd get a lot of people calling him a silly cunt. And that would just be fantastic. To <laughs> you know, sometimes hey. you need to be called one. Once <laughs> in your sure. life. No, that's for sure. Yeah. What I want is is a... Oh, my God. What the fuck was the name of that guy's show? It's not a lot. Cro- uh, crocodile. Uh, Seaverwin. Yeah, what's the name of his show? The Crocodile the Hunter. The Crocodile Hunter. That's what I want, but for Hagrid. All right, now, look at this butte. You probably can't see them because they're invisible unless you've witnessed death, but I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they're really there. I love it, especially with those, especially with the Steve Irwin shorts, kind of like when Hagrid was like flipping (laughs) stones in Prisoner of Azkaban, he shows off a little thigh. Oh, yeah. Well, and like you'd have a wonderful show because every episode would be the same. It would be some unbelievably dangerous, deadly creature that Hagrid is just gushing over and a cameraman that can't keep the camera straight, right? Because they're like (laughs) literally physically shaking because it's... A thing, a ball of death is ten feet away, and they're no, just like um, wizards have a thing. Wait, so wizards have a thing for video cameras, right? They have to at this point, right? I can't possibly. Uh, not to get into the. Nit- I don't want to get into nitty gritty of it. I was just thinking about that. But if they did have a video camera, it would be all warped because I think they would have to do a shield around themselves, and then the camera would have to look through the shield <laughs> at the <laughs> blast-ended scroots or whatever. Exactly. Cool. So uh, thanks so much for the email, Frazier. I love receiving emails, thoughtful Instagram messages from our listeners. You are welcome and invited and encouraged to email me. I read them all, even if I can't respond to them all. Um, But I do really love knowing that people are listening (laughs) to the show. (laughs) The heavy sigh. The heavy sigh sold it. Like, oh, thank God someone's still listening. <laughs> Frazier, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the email. Everyone send me your emails. Sometimes I got to read something written by someone other than Mots. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> Last week was our 150th episode. We read a Mots email today. Mots said, it's crazy that there's 150 episodes of this show. I wonder how many have had emails by me. And I was like, probably about half. My dude. <laughs> I was like, I think you know the answer to that question, Mots. Now you're just bragging. I think, I think he is the official restricted section correspondent at this point. He's the he's the he, lead of the fan club. Yeah. He, well, yeah, yes, because the lead of the fan club is a friend. <laughs> do, we, do we make this official? Do we? Are we going to officially indoctrinate uh, uh, him in? Induct him as the It's too late for that. It's too late for that. Can we can we officially induct Mots as the first uh uh, uh president induce? of the induce? <laughs> <laughs> Make it official. Do you want to say say a few words, Tina, about your new yeah. official fan club? Well, uh, let me see when he's on the show next, because it would be cooler to do it to his face. Oh no, it's not until it's not until November. <laughs> I can't wait that long. I'll never. I I couldn't possibly remember something for 
seven months. Dear Mots, thank you for all of your emails. Um, in light of your three years of volunteer service, we have decided to officially condone your volunteer service and um, celebrate you for it. Bye. So... Uh, you are now, <laughs> um, by the powers invested in me, by the power vested in me. Is that what that is? Andrew, I, don't I you have actual power first. to like induct people into things? Oh yeah. Why don't you vest it, Andrew? Well, I, 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 I can, I people. can marry people. Wink. <laughs> Wink. I'll marry your wife. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> you must be there too. Cause that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> I, I I could I could <laughs> I could do it as a religious figure. I am an ordained minister. I could uh, say, just say just say. Um, <laughs> wait, what's with the powers vested in me by uh -huh. the Commonwealth of Virginia? I officially uh -huh. pronounce Mots as the president of the uh, restricted section fan club. A title Is that legal if he's not a United States citizen. I don't think any of this has any legal bearing or <laughs> so I, I think, Tina, I think we're fine. I think we're fine. I wonder if the listeners who aren't in our Discord server, I wonder, like, who they think Mott is. Who the fuck is Mott? <laughs> what kind of a person he is. He's a legendary figure. Le listeners, whatever you think, it's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I love you, Mott. Uh... Cool that we read Frazier's email and ended up giving Mott an award for emails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frazier. Okay. The previous winner was my former supervisor. <laughs> but up Okay. Chapter 32, Out of the Fire. It's kind of like into the fire. Well, but I get it. It's like well, until the end. Oh, I just remember, yeah. There really wasn't much fire in this chapter. I was a little disappointed. I remember in The Hobbit, I think there's two back-to-back -back chapters. The first one is titled Out of the Fire, and the second one is titled uh, Into the Frying Pan. I'm pretty sure. Um, sorry to correct you, but... <gasps> out of the Frying Pan into the Fire. Out of the Frying Pan into the Fire is the name oh my of God, one yeah. chapter. <laughs> Okay, so it's one chapter, and I said it backwards. That's You're fine. Killing it, Tina. No, guys, you don't have to tell me. I know it's. I know it's cool to be wrong. I do it every single day of my life. It's part of my brand. <laughs> There's a Bruce Springsteen song trying. called "Out of Fire." That's a bad joke. There's a what? No, no, it was a bad joke. It didn't make sense. Well, I barreled over your last joke, and then I was like, I forgot that I vowed to start making people explain their jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. Okay, well, that's your choice, and that's fine. Um, so, at the end of the last chapter, Harry Potter passed out in his uh, history of magic uh, owl. And this is not the first time that history of magic has done this to Harry. He does have a history of it. He has a magical history of passing out during Important. <laughs> the history of magic. Well, also, just in general, right? Definitely just in general, but I don't think he passes out in other classes. Unless he's, like, injured. I think he falls asleep in divination a few times, mm. right? He falls asleep in divination and oh, has a sure. fit, and that's the one that yeah. Rita Skeeter, like, oversees. 
Um, <laughs> but he passes out because I remember maybe it was book three or four. He passes out in History of Magic. No, it was it was Trelawney. Oh, fuck. I think he goes to Dumbledore and he's like, I passed out in divination and Dumbledore says quite understandable. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> was that divination? I think so, yeah. I'm wondering So I'm full of shit. I've done nothing but spout lies since we got on well, this call. No, I, I think canonically I think he's passed out. Canonically. In both. Canonically, canonically. Canan like from the Bible. Can, yeah, canonically. The silos are canonically. I don't I don't know how to pronounce that word. Cana. So it'd be canonically. Rolls off the tongue well. Christina Kane. Either way, uh, I think he I think he has fallen asleep in both of those classes on multiple occasions. He's just not getting a nap, a good enough nap. They're the only two classes which wouldn't directly influence whether or not he becomes an or, so they're the only two that <laughs> we can sacrifice. And he doesn't he fuck up mm, both and the tests. He fucks up astronomy too, but it doesn't matter because who needs to be an astronomer to um, uh, I I do think it's fucking telling that you don't need to understand history to become a cop. Yep. Ooh. You can literally fail your entire school career of history classes and become a cop. You know how to make boom booms with your wand, you're hired. Even in the most passing, we, we see what they do in history of magic in such passing, but even what we learn seems to me to be important context for uh. working in law enforcement. Just a bit. Whatever. It's, it reflects. It reflects us today. It's fine. Mm. 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 Speaking of history. Harry simply abandons his standardized testing like a self-care queen. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, um, do you think Madame Popperty just kind of has like a code word or like a code name for every time Harry Potter passes out? It's <laughs> like just to be prepared. It's like, oh, he's done it again. The snitch has broken its wing. I repeat, the snitch has broken its wing. Yeah, I like that uh, one. <laughs> we're going to be looking at it, seeing, assessing the no. damage. That, Roger, that's Roger. exactly the kind of nickname Harry would expect to be granted. <laughs> Gotta take him down a peg. The dodo's fallen out of the nest. I repeat, the dodo's fallen out of the nest. <laughs> No, be like, what's something like so lame? Be like, the sneakoscope is in Uncle Vernon's socks in the mm. trunk. The sneakoscope <laughs> is in Uncle Vernon's socks. The quill the is out of the pocket. The quill is out of the pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly as mundane as I would like for his code name to be. <laughs> so, yeah, Harry goes to the hospital wing to try to speak with Professor McGonagall. Um, <laughs> Madame Pomfrey shrieks when he approaches, which is like, not a practice bedside manner. <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know, to be... A bedside manner in general is to not shriek. Yeah, like very little shrieking. <laughs> well, and I think this is the first of several times in this chapter that people will act very out of character. Like... Mm, okay. I, I think a lot of dramatic word choices were chosen to express how the characters were feeling. I've, I, I believe that Harry um, roars in frustration <laughs> at one point. He yeah. is using a lot of shouting. Arr. Ongoing all caps. Yeah, seriously. The, the, so the caps are like, they just, it's bad. It just kind of reminds me of like 
bad MySpace or Facebook posts or something like that. To get my point through, I will capitalize. I was thinking about Cher. She does that a lot. Cher? What? God bless her. Cher, Cher tweets in all caps a lot. Oh, well, she's, you know. Cher is 800 years old, does not know how to use a cap lock button. I'm saying That woman it, is a treasure. I'm and the fact that she's nice tweeting way. it all. It's a rebellious I, statement. She she tweets in all caps non-derogatory. Like, I'm saying that, yeah. like, so lovingly. Mm. I get it. That, that woman is doing her best, and we love her for it. I don't really let my authors do all caps like this. Maybe for, like, one to three words every hundred pages. Or else it just completely loses it. If you know, it, like if everything's in caps, like uh, like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's not special yeah. if everyone's just shouting all the time. Yeah, then it's just a podcast. Yeah, Harry <laughs> at Order of the Phoenix. Harry, it's not special if you're shouting all the time. At myself on a little post-it note, gonna put that on my computer monitor so I remember when I'm podcasting. <laughs> I just think of that Squidward quote where he says people talk loud when they want to act smart right and plankton <laughs> oh goes God. correct i think i think of that true. with capital letters i think that the, i think that's what this podcast is in a good way in a fun cute way look we're all too smart we have to talk over each other all the time it's a natural occurrence that's how you get smarter <laughs> talking over your friends <laughs> That's how you get smarter, by sharing your ideas. Well, shouldn't you, like, hear what they say no, about your ideas? No, as long as your ideas are heard, experience is gained. <laughs> that sounds like something Hitler would say. So, As long as your ideas are heard. Oh my God, I get it. <laughs> it's happening. Um, Harry's trying to speak with Professor McGonagall, but she's at St. Mungo's because she... I mean, is she like on the brink of death? Is Tina, she, she like, took four stunners to the chest at her. Is it like she had a heart attack? You know what I mean? I would imagine it would be more like a an old woman getting stunned by like three tasers at the same time. Like it's Whoa, just, just everything there the is just system. like it's not it's not the strongest system to begin with, and like you don't want to be adding that much of that to that thing, you know? Mm. Like I one see. taser would be bad at that age. But then multiples at that age. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's like one of those things. I had to put a big old question mark next to one, next to that one, because I didn't, uh, I didn't read that chapter. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. We did the reading for you. That was <laughs> on the last chapter. Yeah, I did. I do need to start telling guests explicitly in like my little guest guide. Like I discourage you from attempting to like catch up on their eating. Like you will not be called out for not having read this, this 870 page long book. <laughs> exactly. In and one we're, week. We're I would legitimately be like, like if I have to follow along with this, I'm done. I'm not, sorry. Yeah, for sure. This is um, your curse, not I mine. I think that's why people like the podcast is because they already know the source material. That's so true. They don't, they don't have to do anything. Um, wait, I'm just going to look real quick. Um, so we are, we are just about, we're like 110 pages from. But who's wait, counting? 120 pages but, from the yeah, end of the book. No, I'm counting. I'm counting. Oh, you, you are, you are actively counting. Yeah. Tina, I actually kind of appreciated like getting this chapter because 
I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I went into this with, like, kind of bad expectations because I've kind of been listening along with Leela and kind of just seeing how bad the writing is sometimes. I was kind of dreading reading a chapter of this book again, but... Yep, that, I, I'm familiar with the feeling. This this one in particular, I guess stuff happens. Yep, stuff happens. That you There is conflict, there is character exchange, there's a, a whole the bunch of stuff. High. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like when the movie starts getting interesting, from what I remember of it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the movie during this part. One last note, um, Madame Pomfrey is like very fiercely proud of Professor McGonagall, which I think is very cute and nice, and I hope they're friends. Agreed. Yes. So, with McGonagall gone, there's no true adults here, so Harry <laughs> goes to, he, it literally, his brain is like short-circuiting, and his brain is like, what about Ron and Hermione? He's like, yes, Ron and Hermione. And he goes and finds them and tells them what he saw. And then they're like, and then he's like, how are we going to get to the Ministry of Magic? <laughs> and he needs the answer now. Um, yeah, this is when he starts going all caps. Yeah. <sighs> Hermione. Because Sirius is, like, is being tortured right now. <laughs> I had a dream. Yeah, I'm not Team Harry in this chapter specifically. Um, I wish Hermione was maybe doing anything was maybe acting more like Hermione normally would act kind of saying she probably should have said what Luna eventually had the guts to say later on he's like um, you're being kind of rude yeah you're being rude (laughs) (laughs) well and even beyond being rude he's being fucking stupid like I mean he's being really 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 stupid like he's being so but listen uh, like this isn't an excuse for the length that Harry Potter is about to take to fuck up his life. But I've been saying this whole book, we've been debating about it a little bit, like the fact that Harry Potter doesn't understand that Voldemort could be using their connection against him. He really doesn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that becomes so evident in this chapter because he says, what I see is real. It really happened. And therefore this is, definitely really happening and somebody at some point should have just talked to him about the fact that he might get fucked yet when it also it shows a further lack of understanding of like what actually has happened because as far as he knows he actually only knows that one time it happened Right. He only actually knows that he assumes that because that one time it turned out to be real, every other time was real. Like it's literally it's because he has not never this entire book talked to a single adult about his actual like fears and thoughts with this that no one's explained to him like the very obvious logical faults that are going at play here. No, it's too much of a hothead. It's just very simple shit. Like, it's very... At least check to see if Sirius is, like, back at the house or, like, even tried to confirm that any of this might be true. I I, I kind of... I appreciated Hermione's, like, position and how she kind of handled it, where she knows he's temperamental and he's not going to listen, but she's trying to ease the logic into him, like, progressively. It takes a long time, though. Yeah. He probably should have taken some flu powder. We're not even there yet. Um, no. He probably should have taken some flu powder, gone through the fire, checked the whole house. Can you get flu powder? That's like how, like, 
In Hogwarts? She has some on her mantle. That's how they, yeah, that's how they use it. Do it later. Yeah. Just, but I don't know if you can just pocket some like that. If it burns up. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Cool. Hermione's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you saying to me? They're going back and forth. Hermione's trying to be logical. Harry is acting emotionally. He has emotional motivations. Yeah. Um, Hermione says what we're all thinking. Hey, dude. Seems like you kind of have a thing for saving people. Yeah. And Harry Potter's like, how dare you say that to me when I need to be saving this guy? Yeah. Don't you see how important it is for me to save this person right now? Now, you can tell me about my saving people problem after this person has been saved. Enough with the psychobabble, Doc. Harry Potter. (laughs) He he just... See, and this is another area where it seems very un-Hermione to me that when the stakes are this high... Because, like... If you're Hermione, what you think is going on is Voldemort has fed this false thing to him, which means you're playing into the trap. Like, this is as high as the stakes could possibly be, and you're still using kitty gloves and going along trying to help him. Like, this is when you fucking grab him by the back of his shirt and say, hey, guy, hey, let's, you're, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Is the prime, I mean, is the justification that Sirius is like, you know, the only link he has to his, to family. Like, that's why he's kind of just like not thinking through the situation. I mean, he has Lupin. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, Sirius is like his godfather though, you know? Yeah. He like imprints on Sirius and it's stupid. It, and literally, well, he, he, until later on godfather. when he needs to, yeah, he's terrible. I just read the chapter in Deathly Hallows where I'm sorry to do this. I'll try and only do it up to three times in this episode. But I did just today read the chapter of Deathly Hallows where Tonks and Lupin have their baby. And mm-hmm. Lupin comes and asks Harry to be the godfather. And Harry's like, I'm already as crazy of a godfather as Sirius was. And I'm like, Harry, no. Please, no. <laughs> I'm going to do this better. correctly. <laughs> <laughs> just like I saw from my fatherly figures. Yeah, it just... Uh... So if I were Hermione, I would be like, hey, dude, I can't. I feel like you're acting so irrationally that I can't help you with this. Like I and I I would feel confident that that would stop the show, maybe, hopefully, because without Hermione, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like the other the other part of it that seems very odd to me that Hermione doesn't pick up on is like this is clearly Harry acting irrationally because Sirius said the line about like, Oh, well maybe you're not like your dad after all. Right. Whatever. Oh my God. They're such, they're such like sensitive little bitches. Yes. Like like, why are they these boys? Because feelings (laughs) are hard to talk about when you're not supposed to talk about them. So Jesus. that I mean, but that's why he's doing this, right? Like, you see, that's... I prefer women. We know, no, you guys die. With... Hi. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just understand you when you talk to them. Anyway, so her, to Hermione and the reader, this is just so obviously bait. And yeah. it, I would not I would have to refuse to participate in this. I'd be like, this is a bad idea. I'm going to tell you once loud and clear. Do whatever you want. Well, and this is another place where. 
Hermione, there is nothing about Hermione's character that says that she would forget Snape's in the order. Yeah, Ooh, that's I was a good wondering point. about that too. This is the point at which she would say, "Let's go to fucking Snape." You don't like him, but, but if Dumbledore someone... and she would, you you can like hear Hermione saying, "If Dumbledore trusts him, we should too." Go and tell Snape. Like he would have avoided Umbridge. She never would have known, and they would have handled the well, situation. Would you go to Snape? That like there is like even, I would never go to Snape because he's seeing this despite his occlumency lessons which are obviously still a sensitive issue between him and Snape. I would, I would just be so certain that nothing, I don't know, man. Maybe he's just like, nothing could come of it. Like, dude, that's like, that's, that's going to be like, maybe, maybe Hermione understands that the, the situation is awkward between them and she doesn't suggest it, but that's not, doesn't make sense. It's not like Hermione. Yeah. Nah. I don't like when there's so many times throughout these books, Really, it's really a lot when Harry's anger like makes Hermione visibly scared. Yeah, like, yeah, or like visibly recoil, and it's like, I guess that's how you learn. They say that if you raise a kitten, it has to be with other cats so that they can learn that biting is bad. Like I, like I feel like Harry kind of levels out in the end a little bit, but maybe that's just the crushing depression of Deathly Hallows. But there's my second mention of Deathly Hallows. <laughs> um, but Hermione's Hermione's just like going along with it so hard right now, and it makes me sad. And Ron's not really doing anything, but that's I guess that's kind of makes. She's like, yeah, Harry, you're great. I believe you. Sounds perfect, right? Does he do that? Harry, I'm really still deeply afraid of losing you because I felt that last year, and I've never gotten over it. So I'm going to blindly support you in anything that you do here, bud. Let's do you. Wink. Yeah. So Ginny and Luna come in. They've been like yelling in a classroom. <laughs> Ginny and Luna come in. Um, and <laughs> Ginny literally is just like, hey, I was eavesdropping. Can I help? <laughs> and I love her. I love her so much. Um, Hermione suggests they use Umbridge's fire again to check whether or not Sirius is home. It's just such a bad plan. Yeah, again, a terrible, terrible plan. Oh, the garroting gas that- or the fake garroting gas ploy? Oh, yeah, the garroting gas. Well, just to constantly use the same, the same, like, method over it's and like, over again. Oh, like oh, you mean fire. Later, oh, I see. Of you using mean, her like, fire constantly. over and over. Yeah. Over. Yeah, like, wouldn't Ron the King of Chess be like, hey, guys. Let's not use the same tactic every single time. <laughs> no, Ron's like, I'll do it. Hey, baby daddy, what can I do for you? Harry's like, I've done absolutely nothing wrong. I know you love, I know, and I support you. Sorry. Just <laughs> so here's a little trick. I'm, a, I'm about to spoil a lot of things for you. Um, when you're reading, mm-hmm. if there's a plan and the book tells you what the plan is going to be, that plan's not going to go according to plan. Because right. why would they tell you twice how the plan is supposed to go? Right. Hmm. The plan will work usually, like more often, if they don't explain the plan to you. Because you learn the plan as you're doing the plan that way, and there's no need to tell you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they're, they, they're like, here's what we're going to do, and they line it down, and it's like, well, that surely won't go according to plan. Yeah. I'm not surprised that you know that because as we all know, that's the method that James Bond would use 
to foil his adversary's plans is that by making them tell him their plan, the plan's not going to go as planned because James, mm. because, yeah. I mean, obviously, Everyone wow. like, conflict the can't happen monologue. if everything goes up. James Bond's was actually an incredibly meta series if you know to look for it and really close your oh. eyes a lot. You son of a gun. You got me monologuing again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that from? The Incredibles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Syndrome. Syndrome. <laughs> so Ron's going to tell Umbridge that Peeves is wrecking the Transfiguration Department. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about Peeves recently. You mean the classroom? No, Peeves. No. no. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I hear you. You've been thinking about Peeves. Oh, why you been thinking about Peeves? Oh, no, it's not important. I was just like, uh, I, I forget that he could. I kind of forget he exists. So sometimes it's it's kind of nice. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun in this book. He causes a lot of good shenanigans. Anyway, continue. Um, It says Transfiguration Department, but like it's just a room, right? It's not like the science wing. I would always assume that they had multiple classrooms for different levels that maybe have Why? like different materials already in the room ready to go for the lectures. I don't know. I don't know. That's so many classrooms. And they have it's so a, many empty classrooms. They have a too. giant castle. You got to use them somehow, right? <laughs> We're going to go to Transfiguration Room 7-B. Uh, this is for seven uh, You're going to look on in Rack 27? October. And you'll find yeah. uh, the the last living dodo, but he's been turned into a cup. <laughs> Turn him back. <laughs> okay, Luna and Ginny are going to stand on either side of the corridor where Umbridge's office is. Um, to tell people it's full of garroting gas, which is a word I had to Google. It means strangling. Oh, yeah. oh, dang. I thought it would be like the equivalent of like stink gas because people in my high school did that all the time. But that sounds worse. Well, sounds we like got stink bombs and dung bombs. Yeah, and look, can we all agree that if watching the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that to standing there saying that, there would be at least one asshole that would walk up and go, I don't believe you, and walk through. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Like In America. In Britain. In Britain, they're like, oh, sorry. And then they go the other way. <laughs> oh, don't want to be involved. I don't know. I I think you'd still find at least one shitty person at Hogwarts that'd be like, I don't believe you, and I'm a Fremen on the land. I'm going to walk where I want to. So Harry and Hermione are going to sneak into Umbridge's office under the invisibility cloak, and Harry's going to check for Sirius in the fire, and Hermione's going to stand guard. She's worried about the window. Yeah. I'm surprised they can still fit under that cloak. Like two 15-year-olds? It becomes becomes a little, I think... It starts to get a little snug. In Deathly Hallows, they can all three wear it very, very carefully and, like, crouching. Ah, Deathly Hallows Part 3. Excuse me? Oh, because you've referenced <laughs> Deathly Hallows twice already. Oh, I thought... <laughs> there's, like, the Part 1 and Part 2 movies, and you said Part 3, and I was like, don't wish that <laughs> There's more. Wow, so that's my third Deathly Hallows reference, huh? I'm not allowed anymore. I really didn't think I was going to hit three, but here you we You can, are. but you oh, have to... You're com- going to hit... You have you can, but you have to donate to the jar from this point on. <laughs> it's just such a more fun book than this <laughs> one. <laughs> the jar is going to be overflowing. I bet you get at least three more references in. Um, here, this is just still the same reference. So I'll tell you that I just read the chapter where they break that dragon out of green gods. That shit is fun. That shit ha- is fun. Read. 
uh, see listeners, this is when Tina slowly starts to become an, a uh, Harry Potter apologist. And by the end of it, she's going to be telling us that you, have to, se- you have to separate the Dragon art from the artist. <laughs> it's, uh, really Dragon Liberation is the name of my punk band. Ooh. Yes, because so many dragons, it's not just, you know, that one dragon that's shackled. There's so many. That's what, When you think of dragons, you think of just imprisoned, right? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay, so they start the plan. Harry goes sprinting to get the invisibility cloak, and he um, passes Seamus and Dean, right, who are preparing for a party because owls are over, and they're ordering... What did it say? Like a like, did it say like black market butterbeer or like, or like a like illicit illegal butterbeer? Oh, fire whiskey. Hold on, no, it's before the fire whiskey. Oh, We're escalating to the fire whiskey. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. What is this chapter? Is this fight fight? Out of the fire. This is out of the fire. You made a whole <laughs> far, like thing about it in the beginning. <laughs> oh my God! There's so many capital letters on these pages. <laughs> Yeah, we said that, too. <laughs> okay. Butterbeers. Black market butterbeers. Yeah, black market butterbeers. I just want to understand. I want to understand what the fuck is butterbeer. That they're allowed to drink it as they wish at any age. In the village. But it's, like, not allowed at Hogwarts. My guess is one of two things. Either butterbeer normally is a like a 1 to 2% alcohol beer where you would That's have to so drink so wild. much of it to like to the point where it makes it kind of silly. Yeah, it's like a mic. They hard. actually still Well, they, well no, they actually have what they call near beer because there are places that like in Utah for example, beer can only be half as strong as it is like in the rest of the country. What, so really? if you buy yeah, if you buy like a Bud Light, it's actually a different type of Bud Light that is only half the strength of a normal beer. It's like two percent. So it wild. does not get you drunk. Like you can drink it, but it's just it, it, you have to drink such quantities that it's just Wait, not that's practical. Good to know because I'm going to Utah later this year. I, I could like, I could be wrong, but <laughs> bring I bring in your own beer up, though. I'm gonna be like, I, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> bring your own beer to Utah. <laughs> I do. Well, no, no seriousness. I remember hearing somewhere that the beer normally is like a, a very low percentage. So you'll have to test that out. See if you can drink <laughs> like fifteen me Utah's beers full and be fine. Yeah. But the other the other option though is it might be one of those deals where they just won't overserve them in the village, so like they'll serve mm-hmm. them like a couple of glasses, but then they send them on their way and not let them get like drunk, drunk, right? I see. Hmm. Okay, I don't. Neither one of those options makes any sense to me, an American. But <laughs> I guess they do things different in other places. I just feel like people have such sticks up their asses about kids doing stuff here. Yeah, let them make their toilet wine. If it's fun, <laughs> let let those first years drink. Let those eleven year olds get smashed. When I was definitely under twenty one, I got a call from a friend up where I used to live in Fairfax, Virginia, and they were like, "Come to this street right now. There's beer everywhere." And these like <laughs> ten kids had tried to just completely rob the food lion blind of beer, and they like ran out carrying so much beer and they ditched it in this neighborhood they were like trying to get away from the cops or whoever oh there was beer everywhere and i mm. rolled up with my camera and we threw it all in the trunk oh my I'm god like, your kid 
get something like that fair and square, you let them drink it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that spoils of war right there. Hey, hey, finders keepers. <laughs> I was foraging. That's what we should do. To instill anti-capitalist values in the youth, you can only get beer that you successfully steal from a large corporate store. <laughs> you go to Walmart or Target and you steal a fucking case, that is your case by law. If there's any children listening, which please don't, but don't <laughs> steal beer. They will catch you. It's way too heavy to run with. Yeah, don't do that. And then, yeah, they get, they're talking about fire whiskey. They ask Harry to throw in and Harry ignores them, but... Imagine if he hadn't been doing this right now. Harry Potter has enough money to get everyone fire whiskey. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is true, yeah. Yeah. But he has to I use that sparingly. I feel like I feel like if you if you summoned the night bus, you could probably find someone to buy you fire whiskey. <laughs> right? Like just walk yeah. up and down and be like, "Oh, man, would you mind buying the I left my ID at my wizard ID at home." <laughs> Would you buy buy this for me? <laughs> hmm. I'll let you keep the change for doing the favor. Can you just spell someone to do that for you? Are you suggesting the imperious curse? Oh, oh, is that a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a little Slytherin slipped out of me. Jason. <laughs> you you know they have order by Al, right? You could just order that shit by Al. There's no <laughs> way that they don't do that. Dude, they only check an owl every once in a while. <laughs> Everyone goes off in different directions. Um, Ron goes to get Umbridge, take her away from her office. Harry and Hermione put on the cloak and wait while Ginny and Luna start clearing out the hallway from Garrett's gas. An invisible gas that will strangle you? Aren't we worried about that, guys? They're like, oh, fuck this. No, this is just what happens <laughs> in school. It's a common occurrence. This is I just Hogwarts shit. <laughs> is this better or worse than the pond or the swamp? Do what swamp? Oh, that, that's much worse than the swamp. The portable swamp. Oh, right, 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 right. Portable I know swamp. what that is. I understood that reference. I think maybe earlier in the episode I was calling it a pond, but it's a swamp. Yeah. No. Whatever. There's a pond in the swamp. There's a dingy factor that you weren't included. They said I was deaf to put a swamp in a castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Harry and Hermione go into Professor Umbridge's office. No. Again. She Hermione would 1,000% check for... In any way that she knew, she would check for fucking charms. Yeah. Um, I also just yeah. knowed myself because I called her Professor Umbridge, and I told myself I was going to stop doing that because she is not an educator. No. She is an authority <laughs> um, figure. We call her Dolores. Dolores is actually my late grandmama's name. Really? Yeah, I think, I think it's a strong name. Have you guys seen Westworld? No. I, I watched it at oh. your house. Oh, yeah. Evan Rachel Wood in Westworld is named Dolores. And I'm like, oh, pretty good Dolores. Grandma, were you that hot when you were young? She was She was in like a 1950s kind of way, you know? <laughs> there was an episode of Seinfeld that I didn't get until much later in my life, until a little later in my life. But uh, it was like Seinfeld couldn't remember a, 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 his girlfriend's name. And she gave him a subtle hint like through conversation mm. that it rhymed with uh, a how do I say this? A part of the female, part of the anatomy. female anatomy. That's what she says. And uh, so he's just like trying to guess it the entire time. And he's like, Mulva. Mulva. <laughs> and, then, and then at the very end, they reveal that it's Dolores. And I didn't get that joke until I was 
well, a little bit into college. Because, <laughs> like, when I was 10 and watching Seinfeld, I was like, what does Dolores rhyme with? <laughs> Oak plus forest. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a stretch. It, it, or clitoris. The clitoris. Clitoris. Of Dolores. Yeah, it sounds like a dinosaur, doesn't it? I always think of Gilbert Gottfried reading um, Fifty Shades of Grey when he goes, Clitoris! What did you just say to me? What the fuck did you just say to me, Jason? What was that sentence? <laughs> Wait, you never saw that? I've never seen that in my life. I think it's a, it's... I think it's like a, a Funny or Die or College Humor video, but it's, um, or maybe it's BuzzFeed, but it's just uh, Gilbert Gottfried, like, like, hypothetically being, like, the audiobook reader for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And he, oh my God. he just says, he screams out, Clitoris! And it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did listen to those books on audiobook, so I wish I had known about this before need your I hands free. some bitch. <laughs> I did not need... I did need my hands free because I was in charge of a bunch of fucking pools that You're summer. You were lifeguarding that pools. summer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, Harry puts his stupid little head in the stupid little fireplace, and there's no one home in Grimwald Place. <gasps> Except. Except for <gasps> a lowly house elf. Sorry, mm. these books are so, are so shitty about their non-human people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great Harry's, Harry's in a state. So I probably would react poorly if I were a creature too to this intrusion. He's in a state of f flames. <laughs> it's the Potter boy's head in the fire. <laughs> like I don't know, it's just funny. <laughs> he says to himself, stealing furtive, oddly triumphant glasses, glances at Harry. Dude, he's acting with all his heart right now. Mm. He is. He's going for he's gold. He's acting so hard. He's acting yeah, for he's himself going for an Oscar. <laughs> Creatures like. Oh, he's gone to the Department of Mysteries, and he'll never return, pretty much. Well, and doesn't Creature <laughs> not, like, wait to say Department of Mysteries until Harry says Department of Mysteries? Like, Creature Perhaps. just plays him like a fucking fiddle. It's true. So, he's acting with his whole little heart right now. Harry gets pulled out of the fire, and he's choking. <laughs> I probably would be, too. Choking mm -hmm. a little bit. Guess what? It's Professor Umbridge. You're in her office. Oh my god. Wap, wap, wap. Wait a second. He wasn't able to outsmart an adult for a third time. <laughs> <laughs> she has the inquisitorial squad with her. I was a little confused. Yeah. Are stealth censoring spells like a common thing? Like, that's like, well, does not Hogwarts not use them? Joanne makes up literally anything she wants to at any time and capitalizes the first letters of the thing. Because I was like, like why didn't they guard the sorcerer's stone? Yeah. Well, and this is also where it kind of fucks with what we know about this this particular cloak, right? Because this is not an invisibility cloak. This is a cloak of invisibility. Like, I know it's semantic, but she makes this difference later on, right? About how, like, normal rules don't apply to it. So how does your dinky-ass sensory charm detect this super high-level, you know, mm. fools everything except Moody's eye, which is another, like, crazy powerful thing? Just seems kind of shitty. Imagine if of, she's just, you know, like, bad writing. Spent another decade plotting out the lore <laughs> a little bit. Just a, just, a, just, a, just a little bit. Not your entire life like Tolkien, but, like, 
Just a little bit. Like a George R.R. R. Martin. J.R.R. Rolling House. No! <laughs> Ew, I hate that. Don't invoke it. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, their wands are gone. Um, Harry's like, I was here for my firebolt. I thought it would be in the fire. Get it? Firebolt? <laughs> yeah. Word association is always best when you're in these types of situations. She's like, I know you're speaking with someone because she's a genius. Yeah, she is showing <laughs> high levels of intellect and deduction right there. <laughs> oh, they don't pay her the big bucks for nothing. And then more of the inquisitorial squad comes in um, with Ginny, Luna, and Neville, who got caught up accidentally in the whole thing. The goon squad. Harry won't talk, so Umbridge sends Draco Malfoy to get Snake. And then Harry Potter is like, oh, yeah. I don't Snape. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Since the Inquisitorial Squad is made up entirely of Slytherins, can we just call them green shirts? <laughs> is that sure. something else? No, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the Green Berets. Yeah, Green Berets is something else. But I was like, is that a brown shirts? They're green shirts. <laughs> no, they're not brown shirts. They're green shirts. I don't know what a brown shirt is. It was like Hitler's foot soldiers before oh, God damn it. they like took over. You always got to make it about Hitler. It all comes back to Hitler. Listeners, this is what it's like having Hitler as a friend. Just casually coming back to Hitler. <laughs> um, enter Severus Snape. Are like are we feeling are we feeling relieved or trepidatious? I felt like a a sense of relief. I I had to put myself like in the mindset of a pre deathly or not pre deathly hell sorry pre half blood prince mentality. Like mm -hmm. I I think I trusted Snape a little more back then. So I was like, thank God, an adult who equally hates Umbridge. Right, he's got, bare minimum. He's got Umbridge with yeah. her. So Umbridge summoned him here to ask for Veritaserum. For some slight and torturing. Snape is like, Snape is like, you, you, did you use all of it? Because <laughs> I gave you a lot and I told you that three drops was enough. We've all heard that conversation from a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, well, and this, this sounds like Snape getting more mad that his shit has gone his stock is gone than he is that his shit was used to interrogate children without their knowledge right he's not mad at what she did with it he's mad that she used all of it and that just says a lot about snake well he's also big acting right now i think he's yeah. i think he's like he's trying to acting. pass a little judgmental side eye towards her it's like oh sorry you used it all up interrogating children yeah. <laughs> well she put it all <laughs> he says you asked for it for Harry Potter. I told you three drops would do like she gave him the whole bottle. Harry Potter's like, well, that's why I had the shits over the last week. Yeah. He gave me like a whole dose of Veritas serum. I couldn't hold the, the truth in my ass any longer. <laughs> well, and I think that there's also the chance <laughs> this, the chance that Snape is trying to, for the love of God, make sure because like he doesn't know the full extent of trouble that Harry's in. So it could also be him trying to subtly remind him, like, hey, you're not safe anywhere, right? Like, this is the type of shit that she's having me do. Is it? Yeah, indeed. Is it a possibility that Snape could be lying about not having any Veritaserum? Oh, yeah, a thousand sure. percent. Okay. He definitely could be lying. He'd be like, <laughs> he's like, this is a bad time. Oh, it um, takes a month to make. Sorry. 
Snape Snape would one thousand percent keep extra serum always on. Oh yeah, stock. he's like that's the end of the school supply. Yeah, that's I'm, that's all that you're getting. Supply. Yeah, that's all that you're getting. You're cut off, babe. I rule number one of being a Slytherin in that situation: you would not give your entire supply of anything to her. Mm. Yeah, for real. Especially when she's desperate. So. He, she's not getting any. So um, we're just like Snape. You're on probation. Get on my face. And he's like, <laughs> as you wish, madam. <laughs> as you wish. I, lo- I do kind of love Snape in this scene. Yeah. You know, he's a fun. He's a really fun character. I just think his, I think his ending is like not satisfying. But like the, along the way, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, th- this is literally him being like, bitch. It is going into summer. You think I'm coming back for another year of you in this position? Like. <laughs> oh yeah. oh i i'm on oh no what if i what am i gonna do over the next 30 days until these students go home i better watch around walk around on eggshells right he's probably just like oh so, these kids are gonna you're gone these kids are gonna have you out by the by the end of this year i know i've been at the school a long time i know how this shit works yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has been there like like 20 years i think maybe maybe around that long yeah well it would have to be like at least as old as Harry would be, maybe. Wow, you're right about that. Because I forget that they Snape is just kind point. of my age right now. They they probably say it in the chapter where she is like the observing all the teachers. Him. Yeah. I probably couldn't find that in an 870 page long book, though, if I wanted to reference back to it. Wait, how many pages is it? 870. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Snape's on his way out. Harry says he's got Padfoot. He's got Padfoot at the place where it's hidden. Desperation. He shouted. Snape is like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying to me. And then he leaves, and Harry's like, Oh no! Oh no! Why wouldn't that work? Like, <laughs> well, and Harry I love. Doesn't for one second <laughs> think that they're all just playing this game. And this is where Umbridge is out of character because Umbridge of all people, like she's evil and stupid, but she's not dumb enough to not be like, I have no idea what he said. No, no bullshit. He said very specific nonsensical words to you in a very specific order. Right? Like, no, she would never be like, what's that? You don't know. Okay. I believe you. (laughs) Umbridge is the, the outsider in an inside joke. Oof. It's always awkward. No, what 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 does Padfoot mean? I I I want to know what that means. He says, Snape says, Potter. When I want nonsense shouted at me, I shall give you a babbling beverage capitalized because it's very smart to come up with a concept like babbling beverage. And she's like, well, I guess that's convincing to me. <laughs> I love that. Right after saying that, he says, "Crab, let go of Longbottom a little bit. If he suffocates, I'll have to fill out paperwork." Yeah. <laughs> Yes. This is literally like, this is a moment where it just looks like someone pulling off a charisma check that they should not be able to pull off in a game Mm -hmm. of D&D. Oh, seriously, yeah. It's one of those types. It's that bad of writing that it feels like you can like see the die being thrown in Umbridge's head and her being like, okay, I believe you this time. Yeah, it's true. That's, I'm sure this person. All right, I'll let you off with a warning this time. 
Yeah, this this student who hates that teacher more than any other student hates that teacher as his last act before being taken away for severe punishment shouted nonsense. And the guy was just like, yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm sure. I'm fucking sure. (laughs) I don't know. Conveniently stupid. There's a lot of stuff happening very quickly in like these last you know, like eight chapters or whatever. Maybe the book has to end somehow. We're close. (laughs) Well, she had written 750 pages at this point and went, Oh fuck. I haven't done a plot. (laughs) I forgot to write a plot. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. 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 (laughs) So like, I feel like kind of trailed off there for a bit. What happens next? (laughs) A lot of what happens next. I'm like, no, 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 honey. No, I would never have made any of these choices for like uh, the next 150 pages. I would never have made any of those choices. Oh, yeah. So it's then that Harry did something incredibly dumb and but incredibly brave. What? So it's a line from, uh, I think it's the first book. (laughs) The joke is that it sums up the entire series in the one line, which is it's at this point that Harry did something incredibly dumb and incredibly brave. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, that is he, and that's him for the rest of this book, so brace yourself. So Umbridge starts talking herself up to do the Cruciatus curse on Harry to make him talk. Ooh. She's like, okay, cool. Yeesh. We got this. I can do Light this. Light torture? Uh-huh. Fine. Like, they're just minors. What? <laughs> this is England. No one cares. It's like, well, and Cornelius will understand. Like, he'll get it. What, right? what like, he doesn't know won't hurt she him. She says, what he doesn't know won't hurt him. All right, Forrest Gump. How many times has she done this? Ever since we watched a Harry Potter sequel a week or two ago, I can't read Umbridge in the same way anymore. I'm not just a teacher or a security officer. In fact, I like to think of all of you as my daughters. And that makes me your mama. <laughs> And very loving and caring, Mama. I am. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Stupid ass show. It's it was so great, fun. Though. It's so fun. She's like, sit on this knife. Now you a rule breaker, Potter, and it's time for your punishment. What punishment? Oh, it's nothing too bad. You just gotta take this knife, <laughs> put it upright on a chair, and sit on it, Potsy. <laughs> So she, in her monologue, in her villain's monologue, monologue, she admits that she sent the Dementors, unprompted, <laughs> she's like, I sent the Dementors out. He's like, no one asked. Last summer. Let me confess to this crime in a room full of children. <laughs> she tries, she, she tries to cast the Cruciatus curse, but Hermione interrupts her to confess. <laughs> Very passionately. She's crying. Ish. Yes. Yes. Hermione Granger is crying to get out of a speeding ticket, you know. Yeah. Like Hermione would totally do. That takes talent, though. I, yeah. I can't just muster up the tears like that that easily. Well, she neither can she. She, so. she doesn't. It specifically says she doesn't muster the tears. Oh. Well, she tries to like, like, kind of stutter her words and try to, like, act out upset. I don't know. But also, I skip over sentences. If you make enough of a fuss, sometimes people don't want to look right at you. (laughs) And you can get away without the tears. Human tears are very natural. In fact, 
when I was a young human. Tears would flow from my eyeballs all the time. <laughs> So she says they were trying to get in touch with Dumbledore to tell him his weapon is ready. It takes like half a page, but that's what she says. Yeah. She says that they've they've tried the, the leaky cauldron and the three broomsticks and even Hogsmeade to try to find him. <laughs> Umbridge is like, you dumb idiot. I believe every word of this. <laughs> but well, I, I liked it when she said like, idiot girl, Dumbledore will be sitting in a pub when the whole ministry's looking for him. And to myself, I thought, but what if he was? What I, he probably <laughs> is. It's like it's like in like Shaun of the Dead, where it's just like let's just grab a pint at Hogsmeade until this all blows over. Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil. Sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Go sit at the Hogshead and wait for this all to blow over. <laughs> but we haven't talked about this. Like, where do you actually think Dumbledore is right now, Jason? Any ideas? Ooh, um, I'm trying to think of the ending of this book because Dumbledore comes in at the Ministry. When was the last time we saw Dumbledore? If if you don't mind me asking, <laughs> when he fucking disappeared, he does like the dramatic. It's when um, the Dumbledore's army gets caught doing illicit defense against the dark arts. And uh, and then um, they get taken to Dumbledore's office <laughs> and they have like the little roster that says Dumbledore's army at the top because Hermione <laughs> is a fool. Oh. And then Dum they're like, we're going to have to arrest you, Dumbledore. And he's like, well, that's going to be a problem. And then he and Fox, the Phoenix, dance ah, yes. into the night. The Dumbledore's so got style. So where do you think moment. he is? <laughs> um... Man without a plan. Uh, wherever the the wherever the wind takes him. Well, in in all seriousness, he's probably doing that thing that uh, what's his name, uh, Slughorn does in the next book, where he just goes to random Muggle houses when they're on vacation. <laughs> just poses Ooh, their yeah. furniture. Like that's yeah. totally a Dumbledore move, right? Yeah, that's not bad. I'll buy that. He does like those Maybe knitting he goes magazines. To, like, Miami or somewhere fun. Yeah, well, in Dumbledore, we would 1,000% have contacts outside of the country, right? He would have contacts yeah. all over the world where people would be like, I don't care what your government thinks of you. You're fucking Dumbledore. Come hang out with me. I don't know if he'd want to go that far. Right. Because canon, you can't operate, like, across the world. You can only operate, like, kind of regionally. But we don't know how far Fox can help him Oh, travel. Fox the Phoenix can do some fun stuff. Woo! Woo! Maybe that amplifies... I mean, he could be, like, in France. He could be in France. He could he probably could be in be Germany. In yeah, yeah Spain. maybe on the Riviera. On a, nice, on a nice beach in Spain. On a nude beach in Spain. You know what? Actually, he is probably in Europe because he's probably chasing down the fucking Deathly Hollows. Mm. There's a possibility. Why? Uh, because, I mean, that's what it all comes to in the end, right? Wouldn't this be t some of the time that he's, like, trying to collect a lot of the, the stuff that... The only Deathly Hallow, he already had the, the Elder Wand at that Harry's point, got the, and yeah, um, Harry has the cloak, so it would just be looking for the Resurrection Stone, so I actually think not, because why Why if you don't have a good reason? <laughs> He's looking for his stone. next defense against the Dark Arts teacher. Well, I mean, excuse me, he's, <laughs> I, I misspoke. He's not looking for the Hallows, he's looking for the Horcruxes. Mm, Horcruxes. Mm, mm -hmm. Because all that's the a different story. Yes, that, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. That's I misspoke. Possible. I meant to say Horcruxes. You brought Deathly Hallows into this. You, you did, did it, not me. 
it's he's looking for the horcruxes because like the ring and shit that we see that like over the time it's yeah some they point do between start the with end. the ring in the next book yeah so that, that's probably what he's been doing is honestly yeah, for him it's probably like well now i get to go and do the shit that really matters <laughs> <laughs> yeah so umbridge tells hermione to take her to this weapon and she's like all of you students <laughs> who i've convinced to protect me come protect me but then hermione is like good i hope they do see it and they use it against you she's kind of good hermione's good she, hermione knows how a fascist's mind works so she's able to uh i guess the get them rich. before they get you mentality yeah if this is a weapon i can use and other people might be able to use it as well shit the little girl is correct we will not do that <laughs> so they convince umbridge to go without any protection and then they go <laughs> no no she's right i have a hubris that must be met i will not i will go alone i'm too proud I'm a, for help i'm a fully qualified witch what fully qualified well that's the end of the chapter jason do you have any like final thoughts or like any favorite moments or anything you want to shout out before we wrap it up? Oh boy, um, I liked every time they called her a toad because I was just like, how many times are you going to use that description? <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 you know, I'll take what I can get in this in this particular book. Like it was kind of an exciting chapter. There were some funny quips coming out of Snape, and I was just kind of. As much as it doesn't really make sense, it's kind of funny when Umbridge is being so. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Dumb bridge. Yeah, dumb bridge. Yeah. In true Order of the Phoenix fashion, it just kind of just, just reminds me of like real world politics and how everything's awful in real life. And because like, I don't know about you guys, but like when she was like planning to torture children and like do like these unconventional methods, I remember like at the time, like, uh, like a lot of stuff in the news was coming out about like Americans torturing people like overseas and Bobby stuff Brave. and yep. i like that kept flashing i don't I, I wouldn't even think that was intentional on on jk rowling's part so part of me is just like uh, that's just weird that like this has such a such a weird uh, dark like grounded tone but not in a great way i don't know i think it's uh, the way i described it the last time i was here was that it takes stuff from real life and injects fantasy into it in like a bad way. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is always important to remember is like, there's a reason that we liked JK Rowling before we knew more about her. Right. And one of the things that I liked about her is she was very kind of openly not full on like anti-fascist, but like a lot of what's in this book is standing up to a, you know, an authoritarian, rule right like yeah like a so-called good like a so-called good leader like fudge and like a yeah like a a bad one later with both right and like there's a lot of like like good points or at least points that i agree with and would like support in this series that doesn't take away from that just because now we know that she's an awful person it's just it makes it even more, you know, as part of the reason it feels like even more of a betrayal is because this is the type of stuff that she points out that's good, right? Like, yeah. it is right that you should not, you know, authoritarianism is bad no matter who it is. And uh, I guess I guess what I was 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 kind of 
thinking of, I, I guess it was the first time I was, I was maybe 14 when I read this book. So I guess it was kind of like the first time I was connecting with what I was reading because it was, I never usually read like brand new books, especially back then. So mm-hmm. I just sounded super like, <laughs> like old for a second. But what I'm saying is just like, I think that's the first time I connected like a piece of fiction with, with what was going on around me because like the owls reminded me of SATs and SOLs and, and everything at the ministry was reminding yeah. me of like, I don't know, TSA kind of related stuff and all the security clearance checks and everything and the, the bureaucracy of, of the ministry. And then in this, we get, you know, some corrupt individuals advocating for torture. And I'm just like, I've just, it's giving me flashbacks to like 2005 when everything was pretty, I mean, obviously awful, you know? Um, Andrew, do you have any final words about the chapter? No. Just okay, I uh, I brought the mood down. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it it's just it's it's it it's it's a pacing nightmare. Like the chapter is just we done do like it, it's catching up for all these chapters where nothing happened and it just it's it's a lot of shit but it's also not a lot like uh, uh, the plot gets forward. Yeah, I was very I was kind of surprised with how much happened in this chapter <clears throat> in that it was kind of an easy read because stuff was kind of moving at a, a bit of a faster pace. Yeah, shit's definitely happening and and shit keeps happening really hard for the next like six chapters. Yeah. It's like the whole plot of the book is right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, she like kind of forgot like, oh fuck. That's right. I was writing. I was. I was writing all was this important to... stuff. I forgot about the plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just like to like count it down since we're so close to end of order with the phoenix. I can't. I can't even begin. To if you count it down, it's gonna make it worse. It's gonna. No, I'm counting it down. It's gonna make it seem longer. <laughs> it's so close. Have you learned nothing from no. Christmas calendars? You can't count down. Here's the thing, Jason. I have no choice but to count. I have a very cute little organized schedule, so when the countdown starts turning in my direction for me and my goals, <laughs> which is to be done with this book, I'm going to start. <laughs> Next week, we have chapter 33, Fight and Flight, with Robert from the damn meme page, new guest. After that, chapter 34, The Department of Mysteries, with me, Brooke, Mike, and Freya. Aww. <laughs> It's going to be chaotic, but that's a really fun chapter. That's where you we're like exploring, doing a little exploring, a little sneaking. Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil with Courtney and Layla. You know what happens in that one? Uh, no, no, I do. Chapter. Well, keep listening. (laughs) I'll listen to Freya and nothing else. (laughs) I support it. Okay, chapter 36, the only one he ever feared with. Zach from Belated Binge. That's going to be very fun. Um, chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy with Kara Battalamenti, author of Curse Coven, Wilding Press. Woohoo! And then chapter 38, The Second War Begins with Haley and Alex from Cabbages. And that's the end of the You're going to be so happy that, that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was not that long of a list. So what day, what day is the last, uh, episode of this book come out the last day that i personally have to talk about this book is may 5th so may 12th <laughs> is the release wait i'm bad at numbers no i can't read numbers it's may 3rd <laughs> uh, 
Not on Cinco de Mayo. That would have been great. Right? Oh my gosh, Cinco de Mayo is two days later. Oh to, my god! You get to go celebrate the 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 the, the accomplishment. All right, let's move on to plugs. Oh yeah, we're still recording an episode. I thought we were we yeah. wrapped up. Already. We're still recording the episode. Um, Jason, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at my my Instagram. It's a photography related biz. Um, it's called Negative Selections, all one word. My plug. Oh darn! If I got to think of a plug. If you have any audio visual needs, hit up Jason. Yes, please. Yes, please. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Like if you need a, a jingle jangle for your next project. Give me, give me a call, cause I got, I got a keyboard and a, and a heart of gold. He's got jingles. I've got jingles and jingles and everything in between. Um, <laughs> I've got a saw. <laughs> I've got a saw in my heart. Um, let's see. It's a very dangerous medical condition, and I need money to help <laughs> extract it. Um, Jason, what's something that you've watched in the past week that you liked? Uh, sorry, just give me a second to think. Oh, what did I watch recently? Oh, I just watched um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert for the first time the other day. Woo, what a fun movie. I really liked it, yeah. So I would definitely recommend that because we've we've both watched Tu Wong Fu together, which is like the American kind of equivalent, I guess. It's about, it's a road trip mm-hmm. with drag queens. Um, but this, it's, it's a little darker. It's a little grittier. It's a little darker sometimes. It's got Hugo Weaving. Um, it's great. I, I would really recommend it. Hell yeah. I think we watched that for movie night before the podcast and maybe even before we knew you, Jason. It's yes, I think it's quite possible. I think it was in my lot, me and Sean's loft apartment. Oh my that God. That sounds correct. It's like, I don't even know what that means. We used to do movie night in my bedroom. Movie <laughs> night started as Game of Thrones night way back in the Sit day. Sit down, kids, and let me tell you a tale about the first season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let me tell you about a little time called 2015. I've been wanting to rewatch Game of Thrones recently. Uh, well, you should need to take those feelings and stuff them just deep, deep Just down. take those feelings That's and replace them with, huh, it's weird that they never made any episodes past season four. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, what are you plugging this week? Well, last week. I plugged Far Cry 5 because that's what I had been planning to plug the entire time and was not caught unawares by Mott's calling me out in a review. <laughs> and when I brought that up, you mentioned the game. You were like, isn't that the one set like back in back in time? And I was like, I don't think so. But moving on. I said prehistoric time. Prehistoric time. I'm yeah. Pacific. I, uh, well, over a- after that record, I ended up actually downloading the game that you were talking about, which is Far Cry Primal, and I've been playing that, and it is very fun. Woo! Ooh. Inadvertent plug. Yeah, it, it, uh, what can I say? Your plug multiplied, or my plug multiplied and allowed <laughs> me to plug something else. And... I didn't even play that game, I just watched Sean play it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that. I think it looks fun, though. Yeah, you like hunt, hunting mammoths and, and shit. Well, I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week, I'm, I got two things to plug. One, I just finished reading the book Smoke by Dan Violetta. It's a very cool Victorian England alternate alternate history book where, like, people, when they're, like, doing bad things or when they're, like, emotional or, like, impassioned, they smoke from their skin. Mm. Like it's you do. Very, it's very interesting. 
So I really recommend that book. That's the second time I've read it, actually, and I really enjoyed it the second time as well. And also, I recently started watching the show Ghost. A couple of our friends recommended that to me. I think Zach. I don't remember who else. But it's a show about a lady who lives in this, like, country mansion. And she has a near-death experience and can suddenly see all the ghosts that haunt that haunt her land. <laughs> it's fun. It's like a workplace sitcom for ghosts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fun. I think that's streaming on Paramount Plus, but despite that, you should still watch it. Wow. Here we are at the end of the episode. Jason, thanks so much for joining us for, like, I feel like we're on the up ramp, you know, when the roller coaster is, like, um so thank you for being here thank you for inviting me yeah we love to have you on the show and andrew thank you for being my trusty co-pilot as always well i don't i, I feel like i should have said something time. after that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all oh well no, okay push That's- through it push through it <laughs> you can do this we believe in you <laughs> Don't even think about the other books. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the restricted section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here! Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy-cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci-fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not-so-favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. Oh my god, I feel like we've been on chapter 32 forever. Dave X Media.